0: Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM.
1: Welcome to Medicine on Call. Um, Today I wanted to talk, give a little bit more detail about why I believe nothing's moving in terms of health care reform. We've had a lot of promises, as we all know, about repeal and replace. Um, but what we're not discussing really is the what's the power behind keeping the status quo going. It's not about patient care. It's not about providing health care to those who are in need. And I think that needs to be discussed, because I think if we people really understood that, then they could actually put more pressure on to bear on the Republicans and the Democrats to fix this fiasco. One of the things that people don't realize is that there's a lot of money that has been uh, gleaned from patients, from taxes, from the government giving out subsidies to insurance companies, and particularly... Um, the government, those who took the or expanded Medicaid. And that money is what I think is the driving factor at not changing anything or making sure that the, the cash cow doesn't stop giving money. Um, can you imagine the government taking money from Medicaid and not using it for Medicaid purposes? They're using it to help prop up their local economy. They're using it for other things besides patient care. And if that dries up, that source of money, which they've been depending on, is, I believe, the thing that's keeping nothing or making nothing change. I mean, have you ever seen any government program that's not been run poorly? If you think about Social Security and the fact that the trust fund has been used, rated, over and over again, to be used for other things. Then you get a feeling for exactly what's going down. Every time they create a new government program, somebody stands to gain, and the people they supposedly, uh, you know, created the program for, are the ones on the outside looking in. Why should there be a means test for Medicare when everybody in there, you know, every working adult, every working person? Uh, you know, in this country, has contributed to their own retirement, but now they're in a position of having to pay more. If you did well, if you played the game, if you saved your money, if you actually, you know, stayed within the, the the line, so to speak, why are you getting or talking about getting penalized with getting less money per month, or being taxed, or having your your uh, your income become a means test for whether or not you can collect Medicare? Do you not think that the same thing is going on with Medicaid while they claim they're helping people? It's not. I mean, the bottom line is less doctors are taking Medicaid than ever before. The only people who can really afford to take it are doctors who work for hospitals or are in salary position because there's no way that they can actually... Keep a practice open and take and what Medicaid gives them as reimbursements. I spoke with a colleague in New York yesterday who does work for a hospital, who complained about the fact that they're not getting paid. I mean, it's probably rolled uphill to the people in, in the hospital setting. Before it was just us in the outside looking in, the independent doctors. Now we're, we're seeing this ripple through the entire medical system. And it does have consequences. The people who are in the hospital have to take Medicare because the hospital takes it and Medicaid. But the people in private practice are no longer doing it. What does that do for the Medicaid population who's trying to get a doctor but has to wait weeks and in some cases not see one at all and end up in the emergency room? This is costing everybody more money. It's making the system less efficient. And doubling down on this so the government, the local governments can get more money is ridiculous. These governors are all in for themselves, not for their patient population. And block granting more of this to the states, uh, I'm not sure that's going to change the the scenario. I think it's going to be the same thing. They'll just be getting more money. But it seems like everybody's getting more money except the people who are supposed to work for. You know, the patients are paying more, the doctors are getting less, and everybody's getting pretty much wise to the game that, hey, I can do the minimum. I can see the patients by telemedicine. I can see double patients in my clinic or in my my daily um, patient census. Or in some instances, it's the administrators making the doctors see more patients. This This recipe is not working and putting in robots or Watson or whatever they're trying to put in, physician assistants, nurse practitioners, eventually everybody's going to bear the brunt of this. I don't care who you are. If you're seeing a patient every three minutes, every seven minutes, you are not giving medical care. I don't know what you want to call it. It's it's a joke is what it really is. I mean, Dave, I know at this point, what's your, your experience on Medicare? Are you happy with it? Is it working for you? Are you able to see your doctor and get whatever you need done? Or is it working through typical government, um, you know, swan? I can't hear you at all, Dave. Let's do this. Let's take a break and come back um, so that we can make sure the connection's good. You're listening to Medicine On Call. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. It's the uh, beauty of a live show, huh? Um, So before the break, I was asking you, Dave, if your experience with Medicare is all it's cracked up to be. You know,
0: you know me and my love for the government, but (laughs) I've got to say that in we've only used it once and that was when my wife had surgery as far as i'm concerned a- and my wife uh, generally we go on our bcbs uh... regular insurance and medicare we use as the backup to our blue cross blue shield policy mm-hmm. um, I, you know i anticipated all sorts of kinds of problems uh, after my wife's surgery and uh... You know, it all went well. I, I you know, I, the only thing that didn't go super well was the fact that I felt a bit guilty using it. Um, but you know, when she was in the hospital, prior to going in the hospital, they do all the, they they make sure you got enough to pay the Coke machine, you know. So um, we had already been, or she had been pre-approved on everything, and then uh, uh, what? Uh, BCBS didn't pick up. Blue um, or um, Medicare came in and did. And so, uh, what do I say? I, I I don't like any part of the system, but I can't say it didn't work for me.
1: Well, that's good. I and mean, that's you. You went through all the hoops, and so was your uh, doctor, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. All, you've, all of your, uh, everything that you're supposed to get done. And I don't think that's an unusual, um, you know, outcome. But there's, there is a lot of red tape, and there is a, it's ever-moving, ever-changing environment where you think you understand something, and then you don't. And hopefully you're not getting any bills from the hospital after the fact. And that's another thing that goes down. Nobody knows what the cost is. That's on the commercial side as well. But ultimately, the, all of this reform, aside from the fact that it's a cash cow for somebody, there's nothing being done to lower the cost of health care. That just seems to be something that's stuck in neutral. Nobody's even looking at that. And the fact that that... That these bills, I don't know if you ever saw the bill. Did
0: you ever get one? <laughs> no. You know, the only thing that we've got, we kept getting, um, was the EOB or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Explanation of benefits, I guess right. is the term. Um, we got a couple of hospital bills uh, a couple of months later, but then. Um, Blue Cross Blue Shield stepped in and said, you know, that's not your problem, we'll take care of it and they did. Okay. So.
1: Well, that's good.
0: Yeah. Oh, um,
1: I think on a hospital setting side, it works a lot better than on the office side because what we get is you're not, you know, you have another insurance and we're not paying for it. That's what happens when you don't have the power of the hospital behind you. So maybe that's why it worked out as well as it did. But we routinely have issues with pointing fingers. You're covered by Medicare, you're covered by the commercial insurance, so mm-hmm. we're not going to cover it. Or you're covered by another insurance, so you have to resubmit it. It's really, it's, the whole system is just uh, it's, it's an administrative red tape nightmare. And I just wish, and I'm looking at an article that came out talking about Rick Santorum, the former senator, who's working with Congress now to to craft yet another iteration of a law to help repeal and replace Obamacare. And there's not one practicing position in this mix of helping craft this list, the same thing over and over again. All these Congress people, Lindsey Graham, Cassidy from Louisiana, you know, the same players coming to the table to create another law that, really won't accomplish what it's designed to accomplish. The whole thing is not working. Let's double down on the same people who think that they know what's going on but really don't. And it's the same formula. Block granting, taking all the money from subsidizing the insurance companies, um, Medicare, Medicaid expansion for the, the poor, and creating a formula where it's weighted. So. Those that are older would be weighted more than somebody who's young or somebody who's, uh, you know, working poor or just below the poverty line would get more money than somebody who isn't. So, again, they're deciding value on people. And it's not it's a one size fits all plan. And there's always someone who's going to win and someone's going to lose. How about talking about common sense things like how come insurance companies are getting to decide what constitutes emergencies how come they're getting to decide in the ERISA plans which is the employer plans that are self-funded but use insurance companies as administrator how come they're getting to decide what standard of care is so even when the insurance company has a policy of what gets what you have to do to get something covered the ERISA plan owner can come after that and say, well, we're not gonna pay it, we have our own policy. That's ridiculous. Nothing's being done to fix that. This is a completely uneven playing field where the doctors are being completely decimated in terms of their patient care and their choice by people who are not supposed to practice medicine, are practicing without a license, are making medical decisions that affect patients but the doctor is still liable if there's a bad outcome it's not the administrator that gets sued it's not the you know the doctor who works for the insurance company that's being sued it's actually us that needs to stop and i believe and i said this in a blog if you are able as a patient to sue both the doctor who made the pronouncement that you weren't going to be covered and the insurance company that would stop on a dime. They have absolutely no responsibility. I didn't realize this. And after speaking with Dr. Dorio a couple of weeks ago, it became, I didn't know this, but whoever is, whatever doctor works at the insurance company and makes a medical decision on a pre-certification or a denial, it's considered to be, it's not considered to be a medical decision. It's quality assurance. How do they get that carb out? I wonder. Yeah. That doesn't even make sense. Quality assurance. Conflict of interest is what it really is. Not quality, not quality assurance. Of course, they're getting paid for denials. I'm sure. At the very least, they do work for the company. They have fiduciary responsibility to the company. That doesn't that work against? I mean, if it works against the patient, no one has a problem with that. I mean, it's just shocking. What do you think about that? You know, uh,
0: what I think about all of this is that uh, do you want a general commanding the troops that has never been in a battle? And I think this is, we've talked about this uh, dozens of times, that to clean up the system, it doesn't mean, and, and even... You know, I, I hate to say this because most doctors are not like you are, Dr. George, but most doctors, unfortunately, really, in many cases, have no clue what's going on in their front office. They have a manager that they turn that over. Well, you deal with that. I don't want any part of it. I'm a doctor, yada, yada, da yada. Da. So even having doctors on uh, trying to work out, I, I think all of congress should be on the same plan that we're on or everybody should go and get their own insurance and then let them deal with it and find out where all the problems are mm-hmm. that, that's my personal opinion and, and i think you'd agree there are a lot of doctors that don't get involved with the front office like you do or a big group they have an office manager they really don't know what's going on between the patient in their front office it's you know there's and and when somebody's been denied oh man can the front office and the insurance company and the patient have a round robin go around for for weeks and even months trying uh, to that's out. very
1: true and it, i mean you're right i think there's a definitely a percentage of doctors who don't want to be business people you don't want the hassle of having to fight insurance companies and, and make these calls and figure out and, I guess, contact the patient as well and say, hey, you owe money because your insurance company um, says you do You know, as part of your contract. It's not fun. All you really want to do is see your patient and get paid appropriately for what you do. Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. No. It's not a bad thing to provide a service and to be paid for it. Everybody else can do it. Lawyers do it you know, plumbers do it, mechanics do it, but we're the only group that it seems to, we should be ashamed of making a living based on helping somebody, and I think we've played into that mindset long enough, and for those people, those doctors who've decided to open their own practice and make it a cash-based practice, come out of third-party payment systems They are probably the happiest right now, because they're not dealing with meaningful use or pre-certifications or the insurance companies lowering their reimbursements arbitrarily. That's something that they've moved away from, and that's a great thing, because patients now know what it is they're going to have to pay before they walk in that office, before the procedure's done, they're knowing now that they're able to get a discount, 60, 70% 60, 70% off what they're getting charged if they were to go to the same doctor in a hospital setting where they were employee of the hospital, or use their insurance card to get the same service. That's what patients are finally, those that are savvy, are becoming acutely aware of, and that's a good thing, because it shouldn't be a, a, a disparate charge between using your insurance card and not. Somebody's suing the insurance company now, I can't remember what state, because she's for a medication that was, you know, multiple times more under her insurance plan versus what she paid by cash. Huh. What's the point of an insurance company if it makes you pay 10, 15 times more for for something versus paying cash? Why doesn't Congress investigate that? They're too busy doing stupid things like taking down statues and talking about that <laughs> than something that really matters to people.
0: Well, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I think the I think. Where the cash, where you, where you pay to play, you you pay the doctor. The doctor says it's going to be X amount. You pay them and you're you walk away. Where where I think people get frustrated. I know they do. And and I've had this, you know, when I when I complimented a minute ago. It, there's there's always two sides to the coin. And I've had situations where months later, I get a bill that, you know. Uh, The insurance company hadn't paid as much as they were supposed to, so you owe, and this and that, and it goes on and on, and and to me, there's no reason, a procedure is a procedure is a procedure, granted, everybody's a little bit different, and you don't have a crystal ball going into every situation, but it should be fairly easy to say it shouldn't cost more than X amount for this procedure. And then the patient's uh, happy.
1: Yeah, well. I agree. A CT scan of a chest should be the same price for everybody. Sure. Not thousands of dollars different, depending on whether or not somebody else is perceived to be paying for the bill. This is fraud. I mean, I'm, how would you call anything else? Using the same machines, using the same technique, using the same uh, you know person to run the machine, the same radiologist to read the report... And it's all a complete house of cards on this thing. And, it, and the sad part is the doctor gets a fraction of what the hospital gets for actually doing the work of reading the report. That's, you know, they're just having a field day on us. It's like the, like the big pharma, making up prices, putting two medicines that are, you know, pennies together, making it something, calling it something different and charging outrageous sums of money for it if we keep continuing allowing this to happen then it's on us because we're actually feeding this system the fact that the hospital can charge an administrative fee for the equipment which they own which should be built into the cost of the procedure is outrageous facility fee for uh you know running a blood test like a regular white count, which costs maybe in the real world $9, and they're charging 200 for the test. Nobody says a thing about it. And then they have the nerve to be um, tax exempt because they're non-profit. <laughs> all the things that the scams that they're pulling, so they're not even paying taxes in the communities that they're in. They're getting money from all sorts of revenue sources, the government, the Medicaid, Medicare, The pool of money that they have for people who don't have insurance, the people who have insurance, who pay—it's how much money do they need? But the CEOs—and this will really burn you, probably burn your butt—is the highest-paid CEOs are healthcare-related. It's not the oil industry. It's not tech. It's the medical—the medical profession, hospital CEOs, big pharma CEOs. There's a
0: problem with this equation, don't you think? Oh, no question about it. The, uh, well, the golden umbrella uh, I followed it well in a situation at one of our local hospitals. Uh, and not a friend, but an acquaintance. Uh, his separation from the hospital after making them this uh, quote-unquote uh, charitable hospital Making them millions and millions, and what's interesting, you 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 always say follow the money, and in this case, you would follow it offshore because that's where he was putting all of their money. And I, he told me, you know, this is what I'm doing, and this and you know, he retires, he gets this golden umbrella of millions, and I, I just you know. I couldn't believe it. And this hospital is the first one to yell that they don't want uh, competition in their area. There's another hospital across the street from them, and that's enough. Between the two of them, they can handle anything. Uh, Yeah, they can handle it all right at an incredible price. Mm Mm-hmm. So but they're
1: still saying that they need more money.
0: But they need more money. Yeah, they. And they they,
1: they can't face the competition of an independent facility, uh, you know, doctor's office, uh, a radiology center, a surgery center that's within miles from them. They have to be the only game in town. Well, as, as we both
0: book. as we both know, an independent uh, MRI. And all the rest went into business not too far from them, and the first thing that happened to the independent was they were bought out by the hospital.
1: Exactly. I mean, looks well, they have money to do it, mm-hmm. and the you know the reimbursements. The, the, there's a, uh, a difference between the reimbursements between an outpatient surgery center and a hospital. So I'm in a position now where I you know I take a patient take patients to a freestanding surgery center, they no longer can afford to do surgeries using any insurance other than Blue Cross because their reimbursements have dropped so low that it actually costs them to open the facility to, to do the case. And I could do multiple cases and they're still losing money. That's the that's what this whole system is wrought. It's Pushing people down the cylinder of the most expensive care, the least access, the the, the lowest price, I mean, the non-existent price transparency, and removal of the a monopoly, so removal of the competition. So being able to do a patient in a surgery center with insurance, or I should say without insurance, for $2,500 for a tonsillectomy, those days are... I think they're gone. I can't do a case anymore for that price. I have to take them to a more expensive facility because the place I used to use no longer can afford to open up their, their facility for the case. Hmm. This is not an appropriate situation. And I think running or doing the same thing, giving more money to the system is hurting patients. It's hurting their pocketbook. It's hurting their ability to see doctors who are patient advocates. It's not working, but they don't care. All they want to do is say either they won, double down, now introducing single-payer, which I I predicted, I don't know, five years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Now they're talking about single-payer. Does anybody, I mean, I know we could take a break, probably. Let's take a break now and return, and let's talk about single-payer. I said it before, I want people to really get this in their minds, what, what it really means in our country. You're listening to Medical Health
2: insurance was the promise of Obamacare.
1: Welcome back to Medicine On Call. Um, Single payer, that's the newest mantra out. It's not new, but it's coming around towards we need single payer because this will fix everything mindset. I said it last week, I think I said it the week before that, single payer is not the end-all be-all. It's not working in the United Kingdom. It's not working in Canada most people in Canada with means who really want to get procedures done come to the United States to get them done. They don't have the same distribution of of tech as they do in the United States. They're, they have CT scans very limited, you know, throughout the country. So you have to be you have to go to get them. You have to wait to get them. You know, elective treatment is you're on a queue waiting to get it done. The United States is still it's rapidly declining, though, but it's still the best place to come if you want to get state-of-the-art, uh, high-tech, uh, you know, relatively easily accessible care. When you start putting the government in the mix to pay for things, the government's got other responsibilities. If the government doesn't have an unlimited amount of money, what do you think happens? They're not going to be able to spend money on you coming for, you know, robotic surgery, uh, because it's cost too much money. They're going to put you in a physical therapy system. You know, make sure that you've gone through rehab, physical therapy, whatever it is, before you get the procedure. You're not going to get LASIKs and facelifts and hip replacements. These are all frivolous in their eye, in their mind. Even cancer care is going to be rationed because are you going to get the bone marrow transplant because it costs millions of dollars total in the treatment? Are you going to get the you know the organ replacement, the transplant? These are things that are considered to be high-ticket items. If you're sick, you want to be in a, in a position to get what you need done. This is not going to happen. You're going to be made comfortable. You're going to be given pain medication. You're going to be given antidepressants so that it can kind of tide you over until... It's the lowest common denominator of care. And one of the reasons that the government is not going to have a great deal of money is because they're going to have to tax you, the American citizen, to run this system. I'm not sure how many people can afford to pay any more higher taxes than they're paying. So there you go on one end. And then the flip side of it is they're going to outsource this, as they do with all government systems, agencies, they're going to contract it out to the insurance companies to be the administrators, like Medicare Advantage, that's a perfect example. The Medicare Advantage doctors or the Medicare Advantage people are better cared for in some instances because you've got the government giving more money to the insurance companies to run that system. But when that money gets tight, it's going to be the insurance companies that end up rationing it and ratcheting it down so they continue to make a profit. That will be on the backs of the patient. You know, right now there's not a lot of, ton of people in Medicare Advantage, but imagine if it was single-payer, where it was maybe three insurance companies running the whole show. And that pipeline of, pay, of money from the taxes gets low, It's the government's in debt. But do you expect them? Expect expect to just pour money into the healthcare system? No. What they are gonna do with it is take the taxes, use a, a small portion for health insurance or health care and do whatever they do with the rest of it. Rate it, give it to their friends, have crony deals. It's the same thing. They don't they're not they're not good stewards of money. Ask the the what's it, US um, the mail system. Ask people who were in social security. Stinks. So imagine giving them more money to mess around with and to do whatever they want with. It's not going to work. On the front line, they are putting in place and have put in place an automated system. Meaningful use is a version of it. Electronic medical records is a version of it. Uh, value-based payments are a version of it. It's all designed to monetize the doctor and the patient, so they pay out the little, the least amount that they possibly can. Make it even harder for you to meet criteria to do the procedure or get the medication. Have it go to the administrators and the friends of, and really just kind of drain the system slowly while they're telling you you should like it. And while the people who who have no real real knowledge of how the system works clamoring for this to happen, they don't even know what they're asking for. These are the same people who will be hurt first by a system that, put, that they want to put into place. I mean, I would just ask people to do their own due diligence and start reading. Ask your physician, are you happy with the system? I would venture to say 9 out of 10 are not happy unless maybe they're an administrator and they're getting money off the top for administering things. Those only people are happy, 16 to 1, I think it's 17 to 1, administrator to doctor ratio. They're getting paid to put the foot on, on the necks of everybody else under them. And until we as doctors and patients, and I can't say it strongly enough, decide to stop playing this game, because it's not winnable. You've got the power of the government behind it, the power of the crony interests behind it, follow the money. Their interest is to make you just sick enough to need, to need a medication every day, but not sick enough to need a procedure. Or, if you are sick enough, put you in a pipeline where they can still make money on you until you pass away in a hospice setting. This is a money-making venture. It's no longer about health care. hasn't been for eight years now. It's about power. They want power over your choice to take care of yourself. I would think the government would love to have people who wanted to take care of themselves and say, I don't want to take the government money. I want to make a direct relationship with a physician. I want to save my own money and run my own healthcare decisions. You would the government would love that because they they're not responsible for those people, but they want to co-opt everybody. They don't want you to make your own decisions. They want to have their finger in your decision-making pie for as long as possible. Anybody who thinks that somebody who holds the pocketbook should have the power is not thinking clearly because when it comes to you needing the problem, needing something, They're going to pull that pocketbook and close it. It's what they've been doing. And you don't have the power against the government. You barely have power against the insurance companies. What happens when Medicare and Medicaid become... Actually, it's Medicaid for all. It's not even Medicare for all. When Medicaid becomes the law, God forbid, law of the land, and they deny you something, who are you going to go and say, I need a second opinion or I want to appeal? Good luck with that. Do you actually want the government to be the arbiter of your health care? and have, have the power to say it's no, and there's nowhere else to go. Think about that, people. Because once you get it, it's not coming back. I've never seen any government program shut down. Have you? Once it started, it's on, isn't it?
0: Same with taxes.
1: Yeah, they don't pull those back either.
0: You know, I was just thinking, maybe you can give me the answer to this. Who owns the hospice?
1: Some of them are private facilities. Um, some of them are hospital-based, but they're growing, and they're making a lot of money, actually. Why? Why do I, I mean, figure <laughs> hospitals
0: are going to get into that? You know, they're going to they're they're going to get money off of you until you're dead, and the, then they'll probably own the funeral homes.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a pipeline. It's a money-making venture. More people, younger people, are dying than ever before of cancer of colon cancer is like outrageously high all of a sudden there's something going on in our system that's making people we our food our the way we live our lives the stress level you name it but we're getting sicker younger and we are dying at a rate that's higher than ever before what is going on why are we not spending you know time on figuring out Exactly what's causing this and stopping it But that doesn't seem to be something that anybody's interested in talking about. It's all about buying health insurance Which is not health care can't emphasize that enough either just because you have an insurance card doesn't mean That you're going to be able to access quality health care or that you can afford to do it Or that even if you can afford it they're going to allow you to, to you with your doctor decide what you want in terms of care This is outrageous I've never seen any system where you're forced to pay for something. The promise is you're going to have peace of mind, coverage, access, and none of that comes to pass—or very little of it. And then you're just supposed to say, "Okay, I've got no recourse. I just have to do it." I can't imagine—I mean, any other system that works like this? Can you? it would be out of business tomorrow if it really worked like this.
0: I—I'm yeah, sure you've heard this joke. Um, And I've already mentioned the the commercial policy that I have, but they also have, along with it, a uh, wellness program. And I have my own personal contact that calls me, uh, I think it's four times a year, to answer any questions I have, to find out if I'm still breathing. Are you still vertical? Uh, It's the dumbest five minutes I spend when they call and they make such a big deal out of it that you know you need to you have your own personal whatever it is and and they'll answer your questions and they'll help you on the diet and they'll help you lose weight if you need to how the hell are they gonna do it they don't come to my house they're on the phone they don't even well, know what I look like, you know. <laughs> it's and it,
1: called population medicine, Dave. Where they find out personal information about you to go into a database. I wouldn't answer those questions.
0: Oh, uh, you know, they, uh, they they haven't asked the gun question, but if they did, I'd none of your business. Uh, <laughs> you know, how often do you exercise? Well, I happen to exercise daily, so um, you know. I, but it, it's just and, they, and if you go through this procedure with them then you get an extra bonus thing on any prescriptions that you buy <laughs> it's, I mean it's I, it, it just, it's comical it's so stupid that I can't even believe a major major corporation would lower themselves to doing something like this if there were any benefit at all I could maybe understand it, but there's—it's—it's it's a total joke.
1: It's not, though. It's about information. So you're or voluntar- whoever is voluntarily giving up information, which will be used in a for a lot of different things. Let's say marketing to you, or understanding your routine and your habits. This is an information age that we're living in. But I don't know if you saw the, our, the article a couple of days ago about Google the Google phone using their version of Siri to listen to your conversations. And it goes to the into a database, NSA, whoever. But every time you say okay, apparently this is how they have it set up, if okay is said in the in the conversation, which, of course, people say constantly, the microphone automatically comes on and starts recording you. Hmm. This has been said by Samsung and their smart telev- television. Mm-hmm. This is an information age. Even your app, if you're using the app Waze, W-A-Y-Z I don't know if anybody knows about that but I'm sure people are out there using it look at your settings because it's constantly on and so is the microphone and so is the location settings when you're not using it you really have to go into your settings and turn them off when you're not using the app because it's constantly tracking you and constantly listening to you look at all of your apps all the settings and go in that and and change them and you know you're, you're unbeknownst to you You're constantly on blast somewhere. Even the mics in the on these what do you call Alexa, all those those things that you can't bother to get up to turn your light off, (laughs) they're listening to you constantly. They even had a couple of kids in uh, California, some IT folks, who said that they could actually track you by turning music on. So they can be in a different you can be in in a different room, in a different apartment. But once you turn music on, they can use sonar to track you. This is on my Facebook, on Medicine On Call Facebook. This is no joke. Everything that we're doing in terms of convenience and being connected is literally connecting us to this hive mind. They know exactly what you think. You wonder why when you go on Amazon, they know what you want to buy because of this. Turn stuff off, folks. Turn off your Wi-Fi when you're not sleep. You know, when you're sleeping. Turn off these location services on your apps. These are all very subtle, very soft ways of getting into your routine, your mind. They they think that they know what you think before you think it. That's their goal. Stop playing the game.
0: Uh, There, there's a B by my name, for and it stands for boring. anyway you ready to take you're right you're not
1: boring you're hardly boring Dave on that note let's take a break you're listening to medicine on call welcome back to medicine on call I mean in the break we were talking about basically the fact that the The power players, the corporate interests, these mega entities are really threatened by competition. That's what it comes down to. They need the power of the government behind them to put the finger on the scale in order to keep them open. Do you think that any radiology center in a hospital would have business if people knew that a freestanding one in the same community was a tenth of what it cost to go to the hospital? Do you really think patients would do it? Would they spend their deductible going to pay $1,000 for a CT, what's 250 out of pocket somewhere else? They wouldn't. That's exactly why we're not having price transparency. The same thing goes for the food industry. Do you really think that if they had genetically modified um, package labeling, that people would say, you know, what is that? Let me look it up. No, I don't want to eat genetically modified food. And it would stop tomorrow. They would stop eating the stuff that is poisonous to them. It's harmful to them. They would stop shopping in places that gouge them. They would pick doctors who were patient advocates, not, you know, agents of the government or have a fiduciary responsibility to the hospital. They wouldn't do stuff like that. I mean, it's it, it's it's beholden, or really the the importance of the patient now in making these decisions is paramount. You have to really really think about where you're going to spend your money and who you're giving your business to. I'm really taking a a step back from Amazon. It is becoming a monolith. It is putting people out of business. It is playing a game. On an uneven playing field. As soon as I found out that they weren't paying for postage, that the postage at the U.S. Department of um, U.S. Postal Service I was giving them a discount on on their postage, that's an, they make how much money, and they can't pay for postage. But I have to pay. You have to pay. This is not right. I mean, the biggest welfare recipients are corporate, corporate interests. You know, Elon Musk is getting booku box to run a company that's not making money but charges thousands of dollars for their cars well, you know come on and they have the nerve to talk about people should be given a an income you know just a flat income for breathing we well, you know what if you really feel that why don't you fund it your your how many billion dollars do you make but the government's supposed to do that why don't you do it if you feel so strongly about it they never give up their own money but they keep pronouncing what like, how we should be paid we should be taxed more. I find that to be unseemly.
0: Incredible, I had no idea.
1: Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh, that's what I need. Do your own due diligence. Stop letting these people lead you down the road of, we need more immigration. Yeah, you need more cheap labor at the expense of American workers. That's what you need. You need more tax breaks. You need not to have a level playing field because it benefits you. I'm sick of this, it's a double standard. And who do they have the ear of? Follow the money. It's not the average citizen giving money to the Congress. They can't afford it. They're getting money from all these corporate interests who have a direct pipeline to their, their Senate and Congressional office and their staff. And they're writing legislation and policy. It's not the Congress people writing policy. It's their aides. It's the people who are standing to gain... Why do you think Congress has carved themselves out of Obamacare, like you said at the beginning of the show? Because they can. Because they don't care about what they write in legislation or what's written for them, I'm sorry, what's written for them in legislation, except they're living for the next money, the next, you know, I guess, you know, trough of money they're going to be able to feed out of so they can get back in. The only way we have power is to take them out of their Senate office and their congressional office stop voting for them. The fact that Mitch McConnell is now down to 18% approval rating in Kentucky is probably the best chance of Trump passing any tax bill or healthcare reform, because all he cares about is getting back in. And the people now have decided, we're done with the Republican party, we're done with the Democratic party, we're done with being preached to and divided and conquered. We're done with it. Talk about Talk amongst yourselves. Because the actual populace is not buying the take down the statue. Sixty percent of people, sixty-one percent say to leave it alone. Forty-one percent of black people say this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. This is the people. This is what's really going on out there, not the people on TV saying you should be mad, you should do this. I'm tired of people telling me what I should think. It's not my experience. It's not my family's experience. I don't live in a past and in a a box. And people need to break out of that. Identity politics is totally bogus. I'm, unless you live those those things and you can speak to them personally, there's no reason for you to, you know, I, stop talking about things that actually affect you. The one, put, sorry, go ahead.
0: The one that you and I talked off the air for a second about is, is this one coming up, and, and this one blows my mind, ESPN taking <laughs> the announcer play-by-play person named robert lee off of the charlotteville broadcast because of his name now he's he's uh one he's young so he didn't we know that he wasn't in the civil war two he's uh a chinese which uh you know gee smith lee i think they all you know it's sort of the same thing and because it might not be politically correct and might cause problems for Robert Lee to broadcast a football game, I you know, I'm that, trying to figure that out.
1: because it's actual they have so little respect and think we're so stupid that they can make completely ridiculous statements and 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 moves like this and think it's it's you know, leading us down a path of ridiculousness. ridiculous. It's mental illness at this point, mass mental illness. The eclipse is racist. I heard that too. <laughs> you hear these things and you're like, "Are you people serious? <laughs> How could you even say this with a straight face?" It's got. To, I mean, I think it's the pendulum is going to swing so far that rational people will. I think they're already beginning to pull away from ridiculousness because it doesn't even make sense. And that's their fatal flaw, they don't know when to stop, and they don't know when to you know, have a reality check. The whole anti Antifa movement, all of the, the, the media heads that were talking about this anarchist group as if you could use violence because it was for good. I've never heard of anything like that. Violence is violence. Does it matter if it's right-sided, side, left left-sided, they're both fringe elements, and the media is giving them a platform and a megaphone, and these are the most vile people. To actually come in contact with, throwing human waste, you know, burning people, beating them with clubs, let's, let's face facts. We are being manipulated on all fronts by a media that has an agenda. They want us to feel like we're powerless. They want us to want the government to take care of us. They want us to hate each other, and they will accomplish this if we fall into the trap. We need to stop. And are you going to look at your own reality or what the media tells you your reality is? That means you need to unplug from virtual reality. This is what it is. There's no way anybody can tell me it's the same climate. The racial climate is the same as it was when my mother had to go through the back door, couldn't try on clothes. That's not the same. And I will refuse to, to fall into that trap, period. My dad came over as an immigrant. He built his own company, put his child through school. He worked every day, paid taxes, and contributed to our society. Nobody stopped him. He was a black man. Give me a break. This is anti-Martin Luther King. It's not about the concept of character. It's only about the color of your skin, according to these people. Why are we stepping back and going backwards? That's what they're using to accomplish their power play. Stop playing the game, start living in reality, and they will stop doing what they're doing, which is tearing the country apart. It's just like, be careful what you ask for. If you get single payer, you're not going to like it. If this government gets removed and we go back to identity politics, twenty-four-seven, we're not going to like it. Couldn't agree with I you say more. On the subject. On that note, thank you for listening to Medicine on Call. Have a wonderful week, and I will talk to you next week.
0: Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM.